My guest today has served in the Canadian Armed Forces for 28 years. Compelled on principle, he is taking a stand against government overreach. He is literally marching across the country. Stay tuned to hear his incredible journey and his experience meeting individuals who feel abandoned by their own government. Joining us today from the road, it's a pleasure to speak with James Top. Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. It's day 80. Day the 10th, that uh, time is passing faster than I can keep track of. So we're on our way to Ottawa for all the reasons I've mentioned in the past. Um, I'm celebrating freedom at the same time I have uh, things to say about the erosion of some of those freedoms. So I'm going to speak to some folks in Ottawa about it. And uh, when I get there and in around the end of June, maybe I'll meet you there. So talk to you later. And if you pull over to say hi here on Highway 17, please be careful. Have a good one. James, it's great to have you with me today. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So tell me a little bit about this march to Ottawa. Why are you doing this? Well, basically, um, I'm a federal government employee, uh, nominally at, at this point. I've been uh, placed on leave without pay as of uh, the middle of November. I was told um, where the reasons are because... Uh, I have a variety of objections to this kind of government overreach. It has less to do with, um, um, you know, vaccinations as it does to with, uh, you know, if we don't, as a society, at some point, draw a line in the sand as to where uh, we say, you know, the, the government and the authorities can say. Um, to tell us what you when we're going to get injected into our bodies or, or what have you, if we don't put up uh, some objections at some point, it, you know, where do, where does it lead from there? And that's principally the reason why I objected to uh, mandates regarding vaccinations and and all forms of them actually. So um, back in November, I was informed I'd be placed on leave without pay for my public service job. And I was also informed uh, by the uh, armed forces that I would be released from the uh, reserves. And uh, just to back up a little bit, uh, I spent 28 years in the regular army, and then I um, transitioned to the reserve army in 2019. Um, so basically, went from uh, full time to part time, and then in doing so, that allowed me to pursue. Uh, this alternative career in uh, the public service where I was working with the uh, RCMP as a civilian. I just want to make that clear. I was a civilian working for the RCMP. So the military, so, the military is actually saying that they're going to remove you. Is that what they're doing? That's right. And in addition to that, I'm now being charged uh, under military law 
for for not following the chief of defense staff directive on um, um, vaccination. So uh, there's a, this came up recently. So what's actually happening is that because I am uh, making this refusal uh, to follow this directive, I'm being um, charged for uh, not following that order. So basically, um, I'm being released on uh, what's called a 5F, which uh, if you read the regs, says it's an inability or unwillingness to change a behavior, and that's my behavior, not following the Chief Defense Act Directive on vaccination. So it's the uh, disclosure of the vaccination status or the unwillingness to take the vaccine, and that's, that falls under that umbrella. Okay. So um, this is where we're at with that. On, on two fronts, Yeah. as a federal government employee, I uh, had this kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was an assault or an, an insult. And in, in many ways for somebody like me, I had, you know, as a young person in the armed forces, not always had the, the most shining career, and, but I did manage to keep it together for the last 20 years. So James, James, did the trucker convoy, the freedom convoy, did that, that inspire you or do anything for you? Absolutely. After both of those uh, notifications and then having to, you know, um, work in the private sector now. What happened was I had not got any uh, employment. I do get a pension from my time in the full-time army, and I've paid my mortgage, but I still, still need to supplement it. So basically, I uh, I cast about. I got a job working as a tow truck operator in uh, Hope, BC, where I was living, and I got. Uh, you know, my eyes open to a, a number of different things. Like, you know, and this is basically how hard the the general public, the Canadian public works. And they're the ones that are making this country run. It's not the government. It's the Canadian public that does their business out there. They're the ones doing the business of running this country and making it run. So this is what I came to the realization. And basically... When also in a kind of an a pit of despair, I saw this, um, uh, you know, a group of Canadians who felt the same way I did, um, join together in protest and then in do so in such a way, um, they drove to Ottawa in their trucks and then they had all the support along the way. And of course that, you know, that inspired me. It was encouraging to see that I wasn't alone and there was a group of other people who felt the same way. And um, at, the, at the same time, I watched that happen. And then uh, I watched the veterans come out and stand shoulder to shoulder with them. And that, of course, was uh, a big inspiration to me. I was so proud of for doing that. So um, I was also similarly um, or subsequently outraged by their treatment because what we had happen was... Um, you know, an assault on, on those folks around the war memorial. And then this gradual uh, pushing away of the protesters out of the downtown under all the false pretenses and then the enacting, enacting of the emergency measures. So this, to answer your question, yes, I was inspired, then outraged, and then I, yeah. I felt the call to action. So why did you start uh, the march in Vancouver at the Terry Fox Memorial? 
Well, there's a couple of different reasons. I mean, Terry Fox was doing the business when I was a real little kid. And I'm not comparing myself to Terry Fox in any way. I want to make that perfectly understood. Um, you know, he's a higher order of human being than I am. So there's a couple of different reasons. It was in Vancouver. It was a point that I felt was you know, the farthest away from my end point, which was going to make a big impact. But it's still holds a special place in my, my heart, like Terry Fox and what he did and what he attempted to do. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a spot, you know, geographical location that had meaning to me. So I wanted to start there. And, and sure. similarly, it, it was there that I could use as a, as a, as a landmark that was well-known and obvious for anybody who wanted to come and kind of shoot me off or, or even join in for a while. So I started there in Vancouver, and I'm not that far from there from where I live. I live in Coast, so it's about an hour and a half away. So now, James, what are you hoping to accomplish? What are... What are you looking for in in this march? Uh, I want um, initially. I will say that this is uh, something that was done on instinct, and um, this was done. Um, I don't want to say off the cuff, but there were several things that evolved as as I started when I started the journey. So initially, I knew I wanted to do this. This was a protest march. I was protesting against my treatment. And then what I came to realize was that I was not the only one in this position. There's many federal government workers, mm-hmm. armed forces, RCMP, public servants who were in the same position. They were placed on leave without pay because they were trying to stand up for something they believe in. So this started out as a protest. Then I went, um, realized that I was speaking on their behalf. I was speaking on behalf of those who had been in this position, and I want to speak to somebody in the federal government about this issue. And I also want to speak on behalf of all of the folks who had, you know, had to comply with these mandates in order to receive a paycheck. And they've been placed in this position where they basically had their arm twisted behind their back because they got told that if you didn't comply, then you were going to get, um, you were going to lose your paycheck. So there's three reasons, and the three. Uh, what I'm attempting to do is I've sent a letter of uh, a personalized letter from myself to every member of parliament and every member. There's a number of mem- Excuse me. There's a number of members of parliament who are also ministers. So they are being invited to come and have a chat with me when I arrive in Ottawa, or a representative should they decide that uh, it's time for them to take recess before I arrive. So this is um, what I'm attempting to do. I'm attempting to establish contact with our federal government. Because from what I saw earlier this year, there was no attempt at a dialogue with any of the protesters, even in the remotest sense. And um, if we don't start having uh, this, this dialogue, if we don't start, um, what I need to tell them something as well is that what I've observed on this trip, I've come, uh, I just finished up uh, just a little past downtown Winnipeg yesterday. So this team and myself, we have marched for 2,300 kilometers, okay? Wow. And there's been really uh, not that much attention given to this effort by the, the corporate media or um, that many government officials. What I need to tell them is that they need to start paying attention because there is um, what I have sensed from this protest and the people I have talked to along the way, which is probably... You know, I won't say hundreds of people a day, but it sometimes turns out that I'm talking to anywhere from five and 20. This is less becoming less about mandates and protests than it is about an intense dissatisfaction within the Canadian government, uh, Canadian public 
with the current government. So there's a loss of trust there, and there's a number of people who feel that the government has abandoned them and, they, and they are, the, the government doesn't care about them. In a sense, they're true. That's true. As you're marching and meeting people, you're meeting a lot of other people, is that what you're saying, who are saying, keep going because I'm in the same boat. It's hurt me. Yes. Yes. Every day. Every single day. And this is what we're doing. We're also taking those personal accounts the people who feel that they are ready to talk about that, we're taking those personal accounts with us, excuse me, so that we can share that with the public officials and, and politicians and say, this is the damage that's been done. This is where we are at. Is there anybody coming yeah. against you? No, not really. I mean, I've had uh, to, you know, there was, a, there was some interesting comments here and there, mostly yelled out of... Uh, a moving vehicle, and um, but nobody has really said, you know, you must stop doing this. Like, for example, I, I kind of had to um, assess the situation when I was uh, marching because I was, I asked myself, who am I to say that, um, you know, I should be speaking on behalf of all these folks? And then it became evident that more people were coming to me and, and having uh, these conversations with me and nobody was saying, you know, stop speaking on my behalf. Right? Yeah, so right. more and more people are saying, you know, I'm in the same position. Thank you for what you're doing. And um, I guess uh, this is where we're at with that. I'm just like. Sure. Now, how can Canadians help you, James? Basically, they are helping me and have been helping me since this started. Um, you know, this is, uh, it's been an amazing journey. Like, in, in, in a way, uh, there's a lot of hardships in this, physical hardship, but the support that I've received from folks has been like, um, you know, they've opened their homes to us, uh, they've fed us, they've donated, they've pooled resources to get us into motels and hotels, because initially, uh, I thought, we thought that this would just be, uh, you know, we would have to rough it on the side of the highway. Intention one not, but as it turned out, you know, we're getting we're getting rest at night because folks are helping us in this way, and, and this is already happening. Has been happening since the beginning. And um, if they want to help out, you know, you can come and risk. it doesn't take much. You, you see us on the highway, and you want to wave and say uh, something uh, nice. That's good. If you want to pull over, please be careful and pull over and say hi. I have no problem with that. And then again, it's um, <clears throat> we have the CanadaMarcher.ca website. We're in the process of becoming incorporated so that we're going to make things. So it's going to be a little bit easier for donations and whatnot to go down. But I mean, direct donations have been working out for us. Groups have been getting together when we come to various towns to kind of like host potlucks and various fundraising activities. And um, so it's just, it's just, you know, you can keep track of us with the CanadaMarcher.ca. Yeah. It's not one word. There's a GPS live link where you can go and um, kind of uh, see where we're at in the country. So as it stands right now, we are um, going to be starting tomorrow, uh, just past a, a little past downtown Winnipeg in the region of St. Boniface, and we're going to be getting on uh, the Trans-Canada proceeding eastwards. For James, last question. The true north, strong and free. What does that mean to you? For Canada, we uh, have a great um, deal of territory that is in, in the what we call the northern hemisphere. 
we're north of America. A lot of it is, uh, has been carved out of the wilderness, so to speak, with this kind of attitude that we have here in Canada, which is, you know, there's nothing, there's no obstacles that we can't overcome um, if we work together. Yeah. And um, there's, that's, that's what it means to me. We're free to pursue a lifestyle that is, um, you know, conducive to building a family, um, being comfortable, not necessarily obscenely rich. And, you know, you do what you want and where you go where you want, as long as you're not hurting anybody. Um, this is what it means to me. Well, James, thank you so much for your service. And anytime someone speaks up in a democracy for freedom, uh, we are all for it. So our, you know, Godspeed, our prayers are with you and keep going. Thank you, sir. Return to Reason is supported by our fans. We are not handcuffed by advertisers or shareholders. The need for media with integrity is more important than ever. Consider becoming a partner and fueling the unheard truth by visiting returntoreason.tv.